This is Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say, on the air. Tuning you into the Latino literary renaissance in all its splendor. Interviews, teatro, rap, fiction, poetry, memorias, composer spotlights, and more. Always mas. You are tuning in to a multi-platform broadcast of Nuestra Palabra. Latino writers having their say on the air. Coming at you so many different ways, including the old-fashioned way, in person. As in pre-COVID-19 shutdown style. And I'm happy to tell you that we are marking the launch of a new underground library. And I've got a load of banned books, mind-altering prose, that's making its way to Fredericksburg, Texas. So right now I'm driving past a lot of vineyards, a lot of open land, farmland. It's pretty out here. Really happy to come spread some of these bad texts to folks out here, to the good people of Fredericksburg, Texas. Happy to let you know that you will have access to these books from now on. And as we join some of our friends there on the ground at Munch Park, I want to let you know that this is a school district here that's like a lot of Texas where over 52% of the public school students are Latino. And there's a great group of folks that are making sure that intellectual freedom prevails. We're going to meet a lot of them. We're going to hang out with a lot of them. We've just had a great concert with the Tex Maniacs. And of course, Max Baca has a book called Crossing Borders. I love that title, My Journey in Music. And that's been a great performance. We also have Libro Traficantes in the house. Co-founders of the Picante Movement, Brian Paras and Liana Lopez are there on the ground. If you are watching us on video, you can see that there's a reader on stage reading a children's book to fire up folks. Let them know how exciting literature can be. And this is one of the main points is that we want our community to have access to literature. We want to help other champions of freedom of speech. And we want to spread the word. So we'll also be talking to Suzette Baker, who was a librarian who got fired for standing up for intellectual freedom. Of course, the official reason they gave was she had a patent. <laughs> so I like her already. <laughs> and the people that got this have bad attitudes. Why? We believe in freedom of speech. We believe that you're smart enough to read on your own. And we also know you shouldn't be scared of books. You should be scared of folks that are sabotaging our education system. Folks who are not experts on public policy trying to dictate what teachers can or should use in classrooms when they don't know what they're talking about. And we want everyone to share their voice. So today I'm in this unmarked car with contraband pros circling Fredericksburg, Texas. And I'm going to be joining some of the other Libertaficantes that are there at a stage in Munch Park where we've been celebrating 
books, literature, freedom of speech all morning. Shouts out to Christine Granados, who's been very active in spreading the word about books for a long time. She's an author in her own right. But we're also going to have a lot of fantastic writers that are dedicating their life to knowledge. And we want to thank some of our supporters, including formerly banned author Sandra Cisneros, who made a generous donation to the Libre Tavigante Caravan of Banned Books in Austin, Texas, where we opened an underground library at La Peña Cultural Center right there on Congress Avenue. We had a great interview with the folks who run that facility. want you to know, weekend July 1st, we're going to have a great Tri-City reading as well. So I want to give you the heads up on that. We're going to have a Salvadoran writer from California come out. She's going to start reading in Houston, Texas, where the Libre Tavigantes founded so we're gonna have a great time there we'll make sure there's band authors along with her next day is going to be at la peña cultural center where we have our underground library and then after that we're gonna have a great event at the latino bookstore july 1st there's san antonio texas at the cultural center there so right now we have liana lopez on stage we're gonna throw it to liana lopez hey this is Live in Fredericksburg, Texas, we're opening a Libertad the Underground Library. Co-founder of the Libertad movement is Liana Lopez. They're on stage on the ground as I catch up with her and get these band books to her. Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say on the air. Out of Houston, Texas is where we started. We actually started as an open mic night uh, at a restaurant called Chapultepec in Houston. And the hunger for... The hunger for having Latino writers at the time was there. We had writers from everywhere else, but the Latinos were not represented, and that is where this came from. So the the movement, Nuestra Palabra, has spawned off. It spawned off into a radio show, which you can find on 90.1 FM in Houston. Um, We also are part of the Pacifica Network, which runs in five different states, 150 different satellite channels across the nation. We do have a full program coming to you later. We are going to be interviewing Suzette Baker. She is a Yano librarian who was fired for taking books off the county library shelves. We'll be interviewing Kathleen Collier, who's again, um, who's here to talk about the underground library that we are starting here now in Fredericksburg. And we'll also be talking to Carolyn Foot again a little bit later. But for now, just to tell you a little bit about what what led up to all of this. And 2012, 10 years ago, there was a Mexican-American studies program that started, um, that was graduating their students that went through this program at a 98% graduation rate. And if any of you guys know, most of the graduation rates for brown kids around the United States is only 50%. So it got the Tucson Unified School District's attention in a bad way. So then they started trying to say that the Mexican-American Studies program, they must, they must be cheating. They must be doing something wrong to be able to graduate these kids or to be able to educate these kids. And what really caught our attention was the fact, was the fact that the, it was the kids in the program. It wasn't the adults. It was the kids in the program that started going to the teachers, um, sorry, to the school board meetings every Tuesday evenings for two years. They weren't even 18, 
and they're taking part in the civics of our nation and being part of that process. So the administrators waited uh, between New Christmas and New Year's in 2011, they banned ethnic studies in Arizona. And because of that ban, these administrators waited for the children to come back from the holidays and they pulled the books out in front of them in, on purpose. It's, just, it's very crushing to their spirit, but that didn't stop them. And this is where the Libro Traficante Caravan was born. This is how we became part of this book banning movement. Because before, Nuestra Palabra was known for putting on book fairs, the Edward James Almost Latino Book and Family Festival in Houston. We've had over 35,000 people show up over a weekend at the convention center in Houston for Latino books, for Latino writers. And this isn't just, not translation, but actual authentic writing, our stories, exactly like the librarian before was talking, telling us, telling you, we are fabric of this nation. And everybody that's part of this nation, their stories need to be told, they're important. And that's kind of where we came into this. And so we started this caravan and we started talking about uh, having the freedom of speech. We started the Libro de Africante Caravan, which ended up being, at first, because we knew the authors that were banned in Arizona, in Tucson, we started with just a couple of cars. You're like, well, we know these people. We know these authors that got banned. There were over 98 books that were banned. And most of the authors we knew because we had put on this book fair in Houston. And so what we were going to do was just get some books. It was like, well, we're going to bring the books to Tucson, and we're going to start... We're going to start a library in Tucson. That way these students will have access to these stories, regardless of whether it's in the school library or not, at least until we won the court case. And so that turned in three weeks. It turned into a six-city tour. We ended up going to six different cities in a week over the spring break weekend of 2012, week of 2012. We started four underground libraries in Houston, in San Antonio, in Tucson, and in Albuquerque. And we have been on a roll kind of ever since. Now, really, looking back, that what happened in the Tucson Unified School District was a template, was a template for what's happening now with CRT, the critical race theory and the book banning that's happening now. And it's a, it was just a template to get us started. And now I'm really glad that you guys are here in support of celebrating books. Regardless of what stories that want to be targeted, these books are stories they need to be told. And we are here to make sure that happens. And I hope you guys are too. Now, without further ado, I'm going to introduce our famous El Libro Traficante. His name is Tony Diaz. He is the founder and executive director, Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say, and of course, the shoot off of Libro Traficante. Let's give a warm welcome for Tony Diaz, El Libro Traficante. Thank you very much. It is wonderful to join the beautiful people of Fredericksburg, Texas, in the efforts to support freedom of speech, intellectual freedom, and great books. On behalf of the entire movement of Libro Traficante stretching from Houston to all of the Southwest, we're happy to be part of your family now. And Liana Lopez was telling you a little bit about the bad news. 
because there is some bad news. Ten years ago, legislators in Arizona banned Mexican-American studies. I want to dwell on that for a little bit. In other words, in our lifetime, on our watch, our history and culture was banned. Additionally, if you have not heard about that before, raise your hand. Raise your hand if you had not heard about that. I've seen several hands up. I'm glad that we can be here to let you know that because not, not to go unnoticed, think about it. The eraser of our history was erased. And what happened in Arizona goes unmarked, except that we have to keep telling people about it. But here's the good news. A young Chicana, a young Mexican student sued the state of Arizona. And I'm going to ruin the ending for you. That unfair law was overturned. And what that means is that in America, the people get to speak. Your efforts will not go unnoticed. And this is all going to have an impact. So on those moments when you're up late, when you're organizing, you know, you get a lot of paper cuts from smuggling books. You know? <laughs> they, they get a little heavy. And it is hard work. You know, you're not going to get paid for it. We're going to pay you compliments. And then sometimes people are going to try and discourage you. Some people are going to tell you that you're wrong. I want to give you one other important moment before we talk about these books that we're sharing with you. Sometimes people ask us why we're so passionate about this. And I want to give you a personal story. I firmly believe in the American dream through education. And I firmly believe that it's in danger right now. Here's what that means. In the past, one generation like my father would work really hard. He used to pick crops with my mom and my brothers and sisters. I'm the last of nine kids. And he would say to me, son, no one else has had a chance to go to school. Again, I'm one of nine kids, five males, four females. I'm the first male to finish high school. When my brothers and sisters were in grammar school, they would wake up at 5 a.m., get in the truck, and they would go to someone else's farm and pick blueberries or other crops in the morning instead of going to school. When I was born, my parents said, one of our kids must achieve an education. And what my dad put into my head was, son, I'm breaking my back. Of course, he said this in Spanish. He said, I'm breaking my back so that you can work with your mind. He said, I'm going to work hard so you'll work hard with your brain, your intelligence. And I took that to heart. And what that means is that in one generation, my family, through these books, through these teachers, through this brilliant 
educational system. My family has gone from farm fields to where I have the privilege and honor to join you, Brian Paras, Liana Lopez, other writers to represent our community on a national stage so that everyone can tell their story. That is all that we're asking for, that everybody has this chance. Why? That's the book that we're happy to share with you. 
another author that was banned in Arizona is Carmen Tafoya, who was former Texas Poet Laureate, and that book is called Curandera. And then we also want to give a shout-out to one of the donors who's helped support the Libertad the Caravan to Austin, where we went last week. We opened an underground library at La Peña Cultural Center. Uh, Sandra Cisneros, this is one of her books, Loose Women. She made a very generous donation so we can... We had to pay for buses last week. We had a couple buses last week going down. I'm sorry, week before last week, going to Austin and donate some of those books as well. And um, as we get to some of our guests, um, I also want to tell you, it doesn't have to be banned to be in an underground library, right? So here's Reign of Gold uh, by Victor Villaseñor. And this is one of the first bestsellers by a Mexican-American. And this book is not banned. Why? Well, we don't want that sort of legislation to dictate what's in these curriculums and what's in these books. So it doesn't have to be banned to be a good book. And probably some of these books are, are going to wind up bestsellers or not, and we can share. And the other thing I want to say about an underground library, it does not replace a formal library. This is a starter library. Why? Because I want you to know that when I was a kid, and I was in second grade translating for my parents, they were intimidated by places like the public library. They were intimidated by City Hall. They were intimidated by the school. So here I was, a second grader, third grader, translating for my parents and basically doing what some adults have to do. So these underground libraries are just to make people feel comfortable. So uh, Christine, I want you to come up and... Uh, we're going to have some guests right now. So, Christine, thank you for all you do. and Thank you for coming, Tony. I invited him here because I don't know if a lot of people are aware, but here in Fredericksburg, Texas, they are banning books at the school district. The Fredericksburg Independent School District has taken 10 books off of its shelves. Um, a group of loud individuals found that that thought that these books were sexually explicit. So they put in a list of 47 books to be reviewed by a committee, and the school district took 10 of those books off the shelves. And the rest of the books are being um, reviewed by a committee of parents and teachers. And I just thought inviting Tony here today would be a, a perfect way to get these books out there and get people reading these books so that they can see for themselves and they can decide for themselves whether or not these books are sexually explicit. We also have um, a high school senior from Fredericksburg High School that I'd like to call up today to speak on what he thinks about some of these books. His name is Dane Carter and he opposes the book banning. Why did you decide to come here today? So currently I am in AP English in my senior year and we had planned on reading The Glass Castle, which is an AP approved book. And my teacher had purchased 150 copies of the book and then was told that, or was threatened with the penal code that she would not be allowed to use the book in class. Have you read any of the books, the 47 books that are on the lists to be reviewed? 
I'm not sure, but I was really looking forward to reading the Glass Castle and getting the opportunity in class. I know the high school AP English teacher was very excited about it, but now she has a um, hundred books that she can't use that are in limbo right now. And I, I really appreciate you coming and representing Fredericksburg High School. <laughs> a round of applause for a senior in high school getting involved. Where do you want to go to university? Uh, I'm planning on attending the University of Oklahoma in the fall. What do you want to major in? Political science and then the law. Dang, dang. <laughs> You're going to become a Supreme Court Justice one day? Maybe. Uh, it seems pretty stressful, though. And this is what I really admire. Young people getting involved. Why in the world did you choose to take a class that's not required, a class that's harder, and now a class that's been sabotaged by outside forces? Why did you want to take that class? Well, I've taken a couple of different AP classes uh, throughout high school. And what I've gathered from them is that it gives you kind of a broader uh, worldview and you're able to learn more about you know, uh, the subject you're taking and how it applies to the rest of the world, opposed to like regular classes. And so that's, again, I'm looking forward to reading a book of a perspective that I've not seen, and then now I have not gotten to. That's fantastic. It's not rehearsed. Because <laughs> I, I can't write the script this good, okay? Uh, but let's think about this, and here's the implication of the book bands. And I'm a parent. Let's get something straight. I am a parent. I'm going to cut some slack to the folks that want to ban the books. And maybe they're scared of these books because they think it's going to cause some kind of harm to their kids or other kids. You just said that when you read these topics in the books, it's preparing you to handle difficult situations in real life. Break that down a little more for us. Well, in this community, you know, we're about 12,000 people. Um, so a lot of the kids growing up here have never seen different cultures and different experiences people have. So reading these books in classes that are, you know, you're given these books to help you, know, you learn and get you ready for big cities and for different experiences and meeting new people. And so I think that um, is invaluable to people growing up and the students. Now, now let's suppose you did happen to read something that was shocking or kind of, you know, confused you or scared you. If you're in the classroom, then how would you approach that? Well, if you were to read those or not to read them, that still exists and that's still something in the world. And so at, in a senior class, you can't be babied with hiding that when you're gonna be going to college or going to the workforce and having those experiences just thrown on you. So I think it helps you prepare. So we can help the youth by exposing them to that information in a safe space, guide them through it, answer their questions and like you just said get you ready for the world that's out there because out there they don't think about us students that way we got to get them ready to survive and thrive and feel at home and really come back and, and do more and all this let me ask you this senior year's almost over right that that that's a lost moment is that a lost opportunity i think so i think from what I've, i'm going to hopefully pick up the glass castle this summer and read it but i was really looking forward to having those discussions in my class about how the book has affected us and what we learned from it. But now we're not gonna get, we have missed out on an opportunity completely. I have moments like this every day in a classroom. I'm an expert at this, okay? So I'm gonna cut some slack to the folks banning the books because they're not experts. And I don't know what they think we're doing in the classroom. 
this is what I do in a classroom. Okay? And it excites me. It fires me up. It gives me hope. And here's the other bad news for the folks that want to stifle this somehow. Have you picked up your phone? Have you heard of Twitter? Have you heard of Instagram? Have you heard of TikTok? I tell you what, just scroll through that feed once and you're going to see more shocking or stunning things than you ever saw in any book in any library. And you ain't there to protect your kid from that. What we can do is prepare them intellectually, spiritually, and let them know we got their back. Let them know that if they have questions about things that they think may shock us, we can handle it. All right? We can handle it. We can hear them out. We can get over our own baggage. Why? Because we want the youth to succeed. We had a chance to chat virtually last week. Really a pleasure to meet you in person. And uh, as I said before, you're a hero to many. Uh, one, because you're a librarian and we love librarians. Two, because you stood up for young men like that, parents like us, and for books that are about freedom of speech. And I really feel the loss at Lano Library, but you're not there anymore. Uh, Tell me what that loss feels like. To, well, fill folks in, too, especially for the people watching. Fill folks in on what happened to, to your job. I was terminated. Um, I was sent a list of books to take off the shelves, and I refused. Um, First of all. <laughs> I refused, and I kept pushing back, and I kept sending more information to my boss about the, from the Office of Informational Freedom at the American Library Association. And I was eventually terminated for um, insubordination and causing a disruption. All right. She was doing exactly what an expert should do. And someone in the administration said that that's exactly what you're not supposed to do. That is wrong. So, I'm going to say that right now. I need to editorialize and make sure that people watching know that that is just wrong and it's shocking. And I'm glad you stood up and, and, and worked on that. Tell me what else happened then. Then I got in touch with Lila Green-Little. No oh, closer. Sorry. I, I got in touch, well, got in touch with Lila Green-Little. And they have now filed federal lawsuit against Lano County for civil rights violations. Wow.
we're just in the process of that. They just filed this week for a preliminary injunction. And part of the preliminary injunction paperwork was emails from this group actually stating that they were censoring the books and that they wanted to make sure that they could censor the books only that they wanted to censor and that wouldn't subject things that they wanted to keep in the library to the same censorship. So in other words, the folks that wanted to remove the books said they wanted to censor some books at their own choosing. And they, did they say that it was because it would advance curriculum? Did they say it would help students learn more by censoring these books? They said that they wanted to keep the radical liberals from having their say in the books. <laughs> that, that, was what the, that was their intention. Not we want students to graduate. Not we want students to prepare for the real world. They said that there are some fictional radical liberals somewhere and somehow censoring the books of high school students would stifle those folks over there. That's, that's what they said. This is a public library. They wanted to censor the public library for everyone in the county. They wanted it to be their own whitewashed version of what happens in the world. Wow. So, so now this is part of the evidence that we presented for that lawsuit. Right. What's the where are you at with your job? So you were just you were fired. When, when were you fired? I was, I was terminated on March the 9th. And and I asked you this last week. I want to ask you this again. Um, did you love being a librarian? Absolutely. It was the best thing. It's the best job in the world is to be a librarian and to be in a room with every story in the world and every author and every it's everything every piece of history that's available is in one room and you're with it how do you feel now that you're not part of that library very sad and lost and we're fighting to get it back yeah. no that that's it's beautiful what you're saying is so beautiful in many ways one um i really do love librarians because again um my, we would go to the public library when I was a kid. Um, they would help guide me. Uh, they would access to free books. And I was lucky to meet many passionate librarians like yourself. Uh, what do you, when, how long have you studied to be a librarian? Actually, my degree is not in library sciences. Um, we're a small county with less than 21,000 people, so we do not require a master's of library sciences to actually be a librarian in our county. And in fact, the director only has a high school education. And how long have you been a librarian? Um, for here, three years, but I volunteered in Colorado for nine years. So you volunteered for nine years? For free? For free. For nine, for nine years? Yep. Why did you give your time, energy, and resources to help libraries? Because it's right. It, it's a library is a microcosm of what our world is. And it is the best place to take your children to learn about things that you may not be able to afford your children to go see about. You may not, you may live in a society that doesn't have a lot of, of Latinos or a lot of African Americans, but you can go to the library and you can learn about that. And that is important to the formation of our children. That's great. So we have an underground library now. So if you still need to volunteer for some stuff, <laughs> we're here to we're here to trade ideas. And um, so right now, then the the lawsuit is continuing. So there's a lawsuit against Lano County District Library for the censorship of the books. So this is about censorship. 
And then you were terminated from that library, so keep us posted on that. What are some ways we can help you in this time of need? And, and you know, I want, I want you to know you are a hero to so many people. So let us know how we can support you in different ways. Um, let us, how can we support you? And what's your heart and mind right now as you see this moving forward? I was going to say, well, a lot of this has to do with you need to go to your library. Get a library card. If you don't have one, get a library card. Um, the same group now is working in Lano and the Friends of the Library. Um, they're blocking some measures through the Friends of the Library. So be involved with your Friends of the Library. Read the banned books. Don't take my word for what's in those banned books. Don't take their word for what's in those banned books. Read the books and make your own decision. Words to live by. Thank you so much. Thank you for all that you do. We'll be in touch. Hey, Suzette Baker! And again, these are some really motivated, brilliant folks from your own backyard who are really, really giving back to the community in so many ways, heartless, very inspirational. So we're very happy to, to spread the word. And now we're going to talk about the underground library. We're starting here. Kathy Collier, please come on out, please, because we're friends now. Why in the world do you want to team up to start an underground library, Kathy? We're just troublemakers like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. And, and here's the other thing, too. It is intellectually an adrenaline rush to know that we can thrill people. The books are here. And, you know, at the end of the day, this is really what America is about, I think. That's exactly what America is about. I don't think it hurts anyone's culture or anyone's history to study all of our cultures and all of our history. That's awesome. So we have here then, we have about 700 bucks worth of books. This is just the beginning part. Some of these books are on, um, there's a list of 800 books that have been uh, challenged by a state representative. Some of those books are from that list, including, um, so again, you might want to cover your ears. I don't know if you'll get an FBI file from hearing just the title. I'm not sure of that, but I'll read you the title. An African-American and Latinx History of the United States by Paul Ortiz. Um, this is pretty, I mean, yeah, let's applaud this book. Paul is a brilliant scholar. Um, the book is very fascinating because it talks about where the African-American and Latino experiences meet. And, I mean, honestly, I can say I can say this with a true heart. I want to cut some slack to the folks that are scared of this book, these books, right? Because I cannot understand what is scary about this book, right? Um, it actually spreads more knowledge. And again, do not take my word for it, even though I'm an expert. <laughs> Don't take my word for it. We want to have it where you can get to it. Um, it'll be at our underground library. People can read it. And again. This is a community library. This is not to replace the underground library. This is kind of a, a starter library. And also, you know, if you wind up taking it and keeping it, there's no fine. <laughs> if tomorrow, you know, kids take books, that's great too. Uh, but this is one of the books that, that will be there for you. So I want to I wanna hand it to you. And uh, this is your baby now. <laughs> that's awesome. And uh, let me ask you, so we're, we're, we'll tell people about where it's going to be at and the brass tacks. Excellent. The library will be in our uh, Gillespie County Democratic Party office at 209 North Crockett, Suite 1. 
It's like a block from City Hall. It's very easy to find. Lots of good parking. We're open three days a week. Maybe more if you guys come to the library a lot. Maybe we'll be open more. And uh, we're happy to have any. This is not a Republican issue or a Democratic issue. It's a it's a human rights issue. It's a people's issue. So we want, and we want to have those things in our office. And, and I'll point out a few other things too. So one thing that we've done with these underground libraries throughout the Southwest, Austin, also in Austin, we kind of have a few rules, a few, but the rules are created because again, for Latinos, we don't, we're intimidated sometimes. I'm not, I'm not intimidated by anything. <laughs> I'm not. Why? Well, I got a master's degree. I got books out. So it's a little different ballgame. Some of our community are intimidated by city hall, other offices, so we want them to feel comfortable at first. So in other cities, other towns, we make sure that they're at social service centers. In San Antonio, it's at the Southwest Workers Union. In Tucson, it's at the Valenzuela Community Center. But you're a smaller town. You don't have those sort of facilities. We have places that we can take these books and leave them if people are willing. We have various, I can think of three locations right now that if they'd like to have these books shared. Also, we're, we have some little free libraries dotted throughout town. And uh, I know from the one at my house, these go fast. People take books, they bring back books, they share books. And so it's a great way to get it, get them out all over the community and in all different neighborhoods. That, that's fantastic. And that's really, that's really what we want is that we want to provide experts, writers, and great books to folks that care about them in the community to spread them Especially right now that the formal libraries are under attack. I, I can't understand a library being under attack. It just goes goes against everything I know, but that's what's happening. And they're firing wonderful people. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. And, and that's, that's really, to me, sad because we should be extolling folks that want to commit to helping folks. And again, the other thing I tell my community members, we got to do it on our own. So I love that. We feel the welcome here. I love that we have new idea. I'm gonna hand you one other book that's got a. It's, so these are all your books now, but this one's got a dangerous title. Sandra Cisneros. It's called Loose Women. Must have some poetry in here. Sandra Cisneros will be here in November. Man, that's worth a wow. So tell my, I promised my wife we're coming for wine tastings. And I said, but first we got to stop here. <laughs> and we're coming back in November also to see Sandra. Uh, but I want to hand this book to you symbolically because Sandra Cisneros has donated the book. She was banned before in Arizona. I love that she's coming here. She's a friend of the Macondistas who are here as well as Christina. So I'm going to hand this to you symbolically. We are now best friends. <laughs> And we're at your service, so thank you for all that you do. Awesome. And now, this really is wonderful that we can share our culture with each other. And what I'd like you to think about is when I say our culture, I, I don't mean it's a one-way street. I don't mean that anyone doesn't have culture. I really mean let's humanize each other. Let's sit down. Let's talk. And from there, get to know more about each other because I'm richer afterwards. You get to know more about me. And then the young people see this and this is what should continue.
Tony Diaz, El Libro Traficante. I am the founder of Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say. But we're a community group. I want to remind people who do tune in to our listeners on KPFT. KPFT, your community station, is listener run. So if you can, if you can budget a donation, go to kpft.org and make a donation in the name of Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say. Or our other show, Latino Politics and News. People may be watching the video on fox26houston.com. Every Saturday at 1 p.m., they air that show live. We appreciate their support. But we're really old-fashioned because we show up in person. <laughs> so we we like to show up the old-fashioned way pre-COVID-19 one-on-one and get to talk to folks. And as I mentioned earlier, we now have an underground library in Austin. The weekend of July 1st, we're going to start our Tri-City Tours. So there's a writer coming in from California. She's going to be coming to Houston, Texas first. And then she'll be going to the Underground Library in Austin on that Friday. And Saturday, July 1st, she'll be at the Latino Bookstore in San Antonio. Now, we haven't talked yet about including a fourth city on that. But we'd be happy to because we want people to be familiar with the writers. We want your students, your community to have the best education in the nation, learning from published writers and hearing about those experiences. The other thing I'll add to, um, I was just talking at a high school and some, <laughs> some of the young folks were saying, well, you know, my mom wants me to be a lawyer so I make money. I'm like, I said, Nico. <laughs> We can't force you to be a poet. <laughs> it's not like you reading one of these books. You're like, hey, you know what? I'm going to be a novelist now. It's very hard to talk someone into becoming a novelist. It's also very hard to talk them out of it. Right? So when people are exposed to these books, they become great teachers, great doctors, great city council representatives great community members. And that's really what it's all about. And we don't want them to, to be shortchanged, want them to be excited. And again, on behalf of our entire movement, one of our founders of the Libertad movement, Lupe Mendez, is now Texas Poet Laureate, which is fantastic, you know. <laughs> Let's see what he, we can get him down here. But, but I add that too because, you know, I want to thank you for making us feel at home. This is community cultural capital because you're organizing, you're giving your time, your energy, your resources, your blood and sweat and tears. And I know what it's like. 2 a.m., someone is sending out emails or new letters or preparing. I know what that's like. But I want you to know that some of those volunteers watching you, like Lupe Mendez, will not just get their books published later. We'll become Texas Poet Laureate. We'll give back to the community. So it does pay off. People are watching. And, you know, once once it gets past that hard, hard bump, I want you to really enjoy that uh, intellectual adrenaline. Y'all have given me some intellectual adrenaline. It feels great to do this because we help each other thrive. Thank you so much for making us feel at home. And uh, hey, you're now part of Nuestra Palabra. If you're the sound of my voice, we deputize you with Libertad Picante as well. Thank you.